Hello and welcome to Tech Vimes, um, the podcast where we do wine and technology together. Um, joined today by my co-host, the ever flustered Scott Delandy. Very flustered tonight, can I just say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. And Very flustered. Always fabulous, Callan Gallagher. Hey, good evening. <laughs> Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. It's 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 been a week. It's been a decent week actually. So it's not bad. It's moving along. Wonderful. So tonight we are doing Greek wines and um, soft skills, specifically review technology. Well, not review technology, but how to um, beat your review and and nail your review. So so let's start with the wine. We'll we'll start first with Scott because he oh. hates going after Colin. I wish so, I was following Colin. what are you Colin drinking? Be- and did you follow the rules this time, Scott? I did. It was just a Greek wine. Was it a white Greek wine? No, no it wasn't. it's just Greek wine. Yeah, I, yeah. I so I did, I, I did. I don't restrict I, people to certain varietals. Um, I did. It is a Nemier Nasiaco, and uh, it is from Greece, a product of Greece, uh, 2001. So it's a bit of an older bottle of wine and it was recommended from my wine guy because I asked about Greek wine and he said oh here's what you want and the thing and I see Melissa's bottle I don't know if Colin's bottle has the same thing but it was weird because you had the cork and then over the cork you had a tab yes the tape yes yes. so that's what it was I didn't have enough time to research what that was but yes I'm drinking a Greek wine I would say it is um it's between a Pinot Noir and a Chianti in terms of the color and the flavor of everything. Um, middle of the road in terms of the tannins and as far as what I can taste. Uh, but good wine. So. And where in Greece is it from, Scott? Um, the good part. Hmm. <laughs> what does that even mean? What, what's the name again? What's the name oh, again? it's uh, Nemea Nasiakos. Nasiakos. So, origin of Yeah, high... mine's Nemea, too. All right, so it's Nemea. Okay, so we're in the same, cool. same area. I went different um, from both of As... you and then also from me. Really? Okay. Um, yes, I went for a white. Okay. Um, from the island of Santorini, um, because I wanted to do Santorini because Santorini is one of those beautiful places on earth. Yes. Um, and for folks who don't know, Santorini is an island, a Greek island in the Mediterranean that in like 1600 BC, um, it's a volcanic island, the volcano blew and blew half the island apart. And what's left is on one side is a crescent of sheer cliffs that dropped down into the water. And in the the, the, the the bay, the caldera that's left where the volcano was, it's rising again. There's a new island forming out, you know, off the coast of it. So it's, a, and it's just gorgeous. And, and um, it has some amazing beaches and everything else. Um, but um, I wanted to do something from Santorini uh, because we went there for my brother's wedding and I really liked it. And um, I did not know much about Santorini. So I started researching Greek wines and I saw there were some from there. And they, they're pretty unique in that, again, it harkens back to our discussion last week, volcanic soil. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so it gets a lot of the flavor that minerally flavors, uh, particularly high acid, 
Um, but because the entire island is volcanic and there's not there's no clay at all, apparently, um, it is immune to the phylloxera, the, 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 the fly larvae that infest eggs where they have to root, rootstock them on American vines. Um, the flies cannot live there, and the, the, the larvae can't live in the soil, and so, um, so they're actually native rootstock. Um, and so nice. this, this is, this, um, this is, it's called a Santorini, named after the island. Um, and apparently there are levels, there are three different levels of, of this grape. The grape is called Asutico, which is native to, to Santorini. And Santorini is the base where it's just mostly um, Asutico. And they do two other blends with, with Asutico, and they call them different things. Um, so... What and there's some the also there's some there's some red wines that grow grow there as well, um, which is a pretty pretty famous blend. But I couldn't track it down. Called um, Vinsanto, wine from Santo Rini. Um, so, nice. so if you receive Vinsanto, it's, it's pretty well done. The price point of mine was twenty bucks. Very nice. And it's um it's a highly acidic white, um, but but it got a lot of flavor. It um it it doesn't taste oaked, but it's got a lot of flavor anyhow. I would say almost put it like um like a a soup like almost to a chardonnay, but not quite. You know, sort of the you know sort of like half chardonnay. So it's, it's in that in that vein. It's really nice. Um, you know, not not that doesn't have that butteriness, but it has a lot of those other secondary flavors, a little more body than than a white you don't really get, and a pretty decent amount of sweetness and acidity simultaneously, which I find really really interesting. Usually, you get one or the other. Um, and I read that about the grape, that the Asutico grape is very high acid. And so even when it gets sweet, it, it retains a lot of that native acid. And a decent amount of mineral flavor, too. A little bit of lemon flavor in it, um, you know, and, and but really nice. I'm very impressed with it. Very nice. Very nice. Well, um, tonight I have a Greek wine cellar's, I'm going to butcher this, but we're going to go on this adventure together, Agiorgitiko. Um, it's from Nemea as well, and um, it says it's one of the most noted red grape varieties of Greece. So um, it's very nice. I I love it. It's smoky. It's a little more transparent than the reds that I go for, but it's very smoky and it's got this very cherry color to it, like that that dark cherry kind of almost cherry cola color to it, and it it's got that wonderful kind of smoky flavor and um a bit of a mineral flavor too i i agree with the transparency because that was the first thing that i noticed because i just when i was just like okay i need a greek wine and my i got you know pointed to this bottle you said try this you'll like it and it's really good uh, but it's like a pinot noir in terms of kind of the color of it um so yeah so i get the kind of the um Kind of the transparency of the translucency around it yeah yeah uh, yeah agiotico which is the grape um the the region is namia um is no agiotico is known for being sort of a, a light grape like a pinot you know lacking in body right and you know and and should there shouldn't be a lot of acid in either it should be sort of a, a more sort of mellow red yeah yeah it's yes. pretty mellow mm. Oh, and, and, and so it's from Numia. Do you know what do you know what's Numia famous for? Oh I feel like I should know this. I know I should know this. Something came from Numia that Hercules fought. Oh the Numian lion. Yes. Hmm. So yeah, so just Very nice. Ran, ran a bit of fun. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So expand. <laughs> what is the what is the 
the Nemean lion? Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. so yes. it, it, one of the labors of you know Hercules, Hercules is twelve labors, right? Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 I, Remember, yeah. he okay. he killed the lion and then wore its coat, right? You know, as as a as a cape, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, because yeah, the the fur was impenetrable, right? That was the thing about the lion, right? You know, he tried to he tried to shoot it with bows and arrows, and they they bounced off him, right? Um, you know, uh, and then he basically he stunned it and, and beat it to death, right, and strangled it, I think, with his hands. He crushed it versus no piercing damage, but crushing damage. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So the Nemea line, yeah, Nemea. So now, okay, now once I once I looked it up, I was like, oh, Nemea, I got it, figured it out. Yeah. yeah. That's the place. Yeah. That's why it's so familiar. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember yeah. talking about this somewhere. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pronunciation's a thing. But um, yeah. let's kind of move on from the wine and talk a little bit about soft skills, specifically around reviews. So it's review time for a lot of people. It's definitely review time for me. I'm in the middle of writing my own self-review as well as reviews for about 14 individuals. Um, personally, I find writing reviews for others much easier. And writing reviews for myself has always been a bit of a challenge. I usually get there, but it takes me a while. Um, and I think I think there's something to be said for that. I definitely prefer um, people who don't write reviews like I do when I'm reading reviews for when I'm reading other people's self reviews to give them their review. Um, so, <laughs> so I'm interested in in what advice we have for people either writing their self-reviews or thinking about self-review time. So may I start? Yes, absolutely. Anytime I write a review, it's always, so I have kind of like sort of this outline that I do. It's like, so this is the person, this is what they've done, right? Second part of it is, okay, and this is why, you know, what they've done has been um, such a good contribution contribution to the organization so it's like what they did why it matters and then the third part and i always do the third part and this is where i spend all of my time and it's i i word it the same way every time i do a review same way superpower what is that person's superpower and it, it could be like your superpower is you know being able to tell a story your superpower is just you have a, an amazing social game everybody likes you like, whatever the superpower is, I will put that in and be like, this is why it's great. This is why it's so important. Continue to develop that because it's what you are and what you're good at. And then kind of back into the, so while you're developing the superpower, don't forget about some of these other soft skills that, you know, would help you complement the things that you're already strong on. So it's it's not, again, when I do a review, it's not, here, here's the things you're good at. Here are the things that you're bad at. It's always, here are the things that you are amazing at. And here's why you have the skill. And it's very, it's just who you are. Here are the things that you should think about because you'll never be as good as at these things as what you are as far as your um, superpower. But you should pay attention to these things. So that's kind of how I set it up. That's a nice approach. I like that. I do mine, so I start mine sort of similarly, Scott. I think we, we grew up in the same tradition, which is, you know, you know, you know, the factual basis. What, what did you do, right? What was the mm-hmm. key, the facts? And then again, I would say, what are the achievements? What, what are they, you know, what difference did that make? Yes, that why, matter, yep, know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, why it matters, yeah. Um, I, do, I, do, so, so before I, because we, Twitter, a couple of things have gone back and forth. I'm so sorry to interrupt, but Patrick Dennis is the one that taught me that. 
the whole um, superpower thing. Yeah, that makes because, sense. Yes, yes. yes, because he would ask me all the time, be like, "What? what's their superpower? And he had an amazing superpower. And every time I think about that, that's what I, I come back to that advice around what is the superpower and how do you develop that? So I'm so sorry, but that's, I want to give no, him no. credit for that. No, very definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, and then, so I always think about it. I'm, I'm actually going to pick that up because uh, I, I actually do like that um, approach with the superpower. But I also always, I always think about where the person is going to be in two years and, or where they should be and how do I encourage them to get there? Right. Right. And so, you know, that's what because I, I always think about what's, what's the development plan, right? You know, how do, what do I tell them to do differently next year? What do they say? Hey, you know, and hopefully you've had a conversation with them or you, or you, or you know them well enough. There's no, Hey, you know, you're going to continue to grow in this role. You're going to, you're going to be, you know, we want to level you up in the role. We want to do something else. And so sort of think like, put yourself in the future and then, and then do the diff to compare. Okay. What do you need to do to rock it today? What do you need to rock it in two years and, you know, and get, you know, rock the review in two years and say, here's how you, and then build, build the, 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 the dotted line that takes you from here to there. So, oh, you need to look, you know, look, if, to get, you know, and I always put it that way, to get to be so and so, right? I always put it in that in that in that context. Work on these skills, and everything. Really just work on these skills, right? I always say, you know, if you want, you know, to grow in, into the into the role, so they can be, a, you know, a leading product manager or a leading, you know, engineer. Here's the thing. Here's the particular sets of skills you need to work on. Yeah. 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 What about what about for your own review? Do you, do you also apply those principles to your own reviews? Yes, usually, yeah. I'm generally I'm sort of equal opportunity. I, by the way, lesson for individual contributors out there or people writing their own reviews: write yourself review in the third person, please. So, like, if you're someone like Melissa who's got 14 and I've got 12, it's much much easier where you can cut and paste and not have to worry about those. And again, I, 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 I am, um, I, I never, I never copy the whole thing, but I start with it. And I, then I modify it, and it's it's easier if I have something to start with that's written in you know, you know in the third person you know you know Colin says versus I right the one I write myself you always write it because it makes it easier. And then I can focus. I, then I can focus on really adding my value what's different. And you know again like I always believe that that the person is the best representative. They knew what they did last year, right? Mm -hmm. And I generally find I have to contribute little to, to that part of the, you know, the, the factual part of what they did, you know, they should, and they should know better than I did what they did next year. They lived it, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, right? Um, you know, they were one of 12 people that I supervised, so it may, I may not remember all of it. Um, so that part I generally copy verbatim, um, you know, tweak it a little bit to make it short. The, the, I find I tend to have to weigh in about 25 to 50% of the time on the successes, because I think people are bad at evaluating their successes in general. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's why I weigh in a lot. And then the development plan is, is a hundred percent me, but again, but again, I think if you, if you write the third person, I can, you know, copy, I can copy and paste the, 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 the look back of the year and really focus on the more meaningful portions of it. Yeah. I, I write mine blind. <laughs> so, so I write, I write my reviews for everybody blind and then I read their self review and then copy and paste <laughs> like where I'm like, Oh yeah, I missed that. Or, Oh yeah. You know, but it's still super helpful as you said. Yeah. I, I just, I just find, I, you know, it's about men because, you know, I've managed, you know, 12, 14, 18 people and it's really, really hard to do those all blind. I always find if I'm starting for something, I can think of it, you know, uh, and again, I, you know, I always, I trust people to, to be, the best representing themselves. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I, I always recommend is is curate, curate, curate. Yes. Again, you should have you should have 
no more than five major things you did over the course of the year. You should Correct. have no more. Yes. You should have no more than five key six, you know, key, key differences, you know, impacts you made, right? Three to five, ideally, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Don't, this is not, you know, what I did last summer on my, you know, on my vacation, where this you detail a... everything you did every day. These are, these are the highlights. These are the things that are going in your permanent record that you want people to remember, right? Yeah, so the can most I... important. So, okay. So, yes, so that you have to be able to dead it down to like, what were the key things? And you're right. There's like four or five things that you should do. Here's what I tell everybody, especially for like I have a lot of like newer people that are coming into the workforce that I that I I really do get the opportunity to work with. It's an amazing experience. And one of the things that we recently talked about was that, listen, when you write that self-review and you have to list, you know, the three, four five things that you worked on. Here's what you do when you've done with that. You have to print it. And you have to print it and you have to have a folder and you have to stick it in the folder. And the reason why you do that is because you want to build up a history of all the things that you've worked on since you've come into this. And the reason why I say that is like, so I have my desk here. I'll, I'll pull it out. I, I won't <laughs> not pull it out. <laughs> well, <laughs> I will show. I will show. You so, have a trapper keeper full of I had, reviews. So, Scott. <laughs> so, so when I, when I had, when I had one of, one of, one of the people that I work with, I, I wanted to show her. I said, here's what I've done. And I opened up my folder, and I didn't know how far it went back. 1995 was the first review that, well, like just sort of self-review that I had ever done. And I printed it, and I put it in a folder. And like every year after that, even today, I still print it, and I put it in a folder. So you have, you know a lot of like experiences and what i tell them is that you want to do that because you want to document it and it's like well you know i'm going to hit save on some system you will hit save on some system but that system is probably going to be a different system in another couple of years it may be another another company that you're working for another couple of years what you want to do is you want to like have just an you know an archive of what you put in unfortunately it had to be like a paper archive and so like i got i got off the call with 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 her and i started like going back and it was like 95 96 nice i was like i remember that i remember that and it was like an amazing experience because it was like holy shit here's all it's the first time i think i've sworn on the po- the podcast i was like here's all the stuff that i got to work on and i forgot about like so much of it and it was like i remember that and that helped me do this and it helped me do that so Again, it, like this is not something that you worry about over like two, three, four years. But like if you're doing this for, let's just say, you know, multiple decades, you want to have that history of it because it is kind of really cool to be able to go back and to be able to check out and be like, hey, I was, you know, 20 something and this was my gig and this is what I did. And that year, this is what I did. It's kind of a cool trip to be able to do that. Interesting. I don't think I've ever done that, and I've never kept them around, but it's, it's interesting. All right, moving on. <laughs> Melissa, do you ha- do you have a trapper keeper full of old self evaluations? No, 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 no. I don't. I've I found that um, I have not been printing my self evaluations. I don't I don't do them because I tend to focus on a lot more on what could have gone better than I do on my accomplishments as a general rule. Like as soon as I've accomplished something, I, it's it's in the past. I've done yeah. forgot about it. Like I keep a list for for the year just for review time of like 
my accomplishments, but also like um, j- just of like compliments I've gotten on them, so so that I have the memory and. S- but but yeah, I'm I'm like a goldfish. As soon as as soon as that review is over and that's submitted, I'm on to the next thing. Like <laughs> so so I do not have a list, and I should probably keep one. But but yeah, I I look back and I start talking about like career history and stuff when I'm when I'm on uh, a show or a live stream or something, and it still kind of blows me away. <laughs> Different situations and stuff. But yeah, I've never kept my um, self evaluations or. Or, or, or the evaluations to come back from management for that. I that wish matter. I had done a three, I did a 360 review once and I wish I kept oh. that. Yeah. That was, that was very interesting. Yeah. So the point being is like, so I, I'm the OCD person here, right? So I save all this shit and it's like, why did I save it? I don't know why I saved it, but I just felt like I should save it. And so I have it. And, but, but again, the point is that it is really kind of cool be able to go back and like look at all that different stuff so it's like a journal it's basically a journal right yeah. yeah so so what are the criteria that you evaluate people on or you value yourself on and say at, at hashi corp we we've got kind of a formula in that we have published career ladders for for every role um and we have our principles right and you kind of look at company principles, goals, and values, and the career ladder. And before I do anybody's review, we have kind of a session where we look at the career ladder and, and I, I give them assignment. And I'm like, go and take this career ladder and mark it up. Take, and, and this is something that was given to me by somebody at HashiCorp. So it, it's, it's worked out really well where it's like, take everything you feel like you are a rock star doing and label it green. Um, take everything that you're working on put it in yellow and then for everything that um you haven't had the opportunity to do or feel like you just can't do it mark it red right and then that way it's like okay it gives you kind of a a bar that you set for yourself and a and a communications tool right so once they bring that back i talk through my evaluation of them versus their evaluation of them and kind of talk through also some of the finer points because you look at some of these career ladders and it's like one sentence, right? And there's no content or context around that sentence. It's just able to execute with multiple stakeholders. You know, that doesn't really say anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, so you give them that context and then you're like, okay, what this means is this project here and you talk through it. But, um, but we do that as an exercise and, and the employees that, that, give it to me and we, we talk through it, tend to have a better review experience. But then with that in mind, I look at, you know, what our North Star goals are and where this person wants to grow. And I'm like, okay, if, if I'm writing about this person, what I really want to focus on typically is how amazing they are. Because it, as much as people are an expert it, in how good they do and what they did, Yes. As you said, Colin, they're really bad at at selling yeah. it. <laughs> so. Well, and, and also, my, my approach to reviews are, like I mentioned this earlier, this is a permanent record, right? You know, I, yeah. I know what my employees are doing on a day-to-day basis. This is something that goes to live live beyond me, or if they go to work for someone else in the organization, and, you know, an, an HR is looking into it, you know, that it, I want it to be the best representation of them you know, a fair representation, but the best representation of them because right. it's, it's going to exist outside of being independently from me. Yep. Yep. 
And I always review my reviews with my employees before I put them in the system too. And, and I know that that is something that not everybody likes, but, uh, <laughs> but for me, it's like, if it's going on your perfect permanent record, I want you to have an, a say in the wording. I, I've been bitten by this by other people where they, where they write something and I'm like, I don't really feel like that defines who I am or whatever, or you could have worded that a lot better. You say it's a positive thing, but it reads real negative, (laughs) stuff like that. So, so I always review it with them separate from the submission system and then enter it later just to kind of give them a little more control over their own destiny. Now, if they come back to me and they say, absolutely, you know, your evaluation of this thing I need to improve is unfair. I'm like, no, that's staying. <laughs> you know? We'll talk about it, but it's staying. You know, I'm not going to change like the fundamentals, but I'll, I'll definitely change the wording and, and take their input into consideration. Yeah, I was trying to, I was trying to get at um, that, you know, so when I, when I look for, you know, there's, there's obviously the, the you know, you, 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 in the UK, it's the skill ladder or the job description or, or the company yeah. goals, like, we have we have like we have pioneering spirit as one of our goals I'm like, and, and, har- and harmony, whatever. Like okay, whatever. Um, okay. Well, I mean, when it's words on a wall, like <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. But um, but but no, but there's this, there's because there's a topic is soft skills, and there, there's certain soft skills I, I I look for in people, and I think you know, and they, and they don't they generally don't show up in regular job descriptions. They do when I write them, but they don't in general, which is sort of. Um, you know, doggedness or stick or, you know, the ability not to be, you know, not to get dissuaded easily. I think that's an important skill for anybody. And that will carry you through a lot. And it's, and, you know, again, it doesn't show up. It's like, hey, you know, I've got a problem. I'm going to work to solve it. And the flip side is, I always say, is that then there's a point where, but it's not doggedness to, to the point where you beat your head to death against the wall, but where you, where you know, say, okay, I've tried everything I can think of and, and a few things more. And now I raise my hand for help. And so you have to help. So no, it's really, I find that balance of, of what you know when you know how to push and when you know to stop and, and ask for help and signal because i think that's that's an important you know that balance is really hard to find and i think if once you get that right you can do a lot in your career because it's, it's going to take you far yeah that's that's key like there are several gates to those next levels whether they're socialized in something like a job description or a career ladder or not um, that, that kind of ability to persist and work through issues in a way that is collaborative and not nasty is, is key. And, and same with pra- pragmatism and being able to step away from it. I think for me, another one is, is being able to master stakeholder communications to where, to where escalations are minimal. <laughs> so, so, um, when you're dealing with other people and when conflict arises, are you able to handle some of that on your own? You know, are you able to to kind of navigate and build bridges with with your stakeholders or is it just an all out war? And then you're escalating a bit. If you're if you're escalating to me too often, you don't deserve a senior title. I'm sorry. Yeah, I agree. So uh, one of the big soft skills is just being able to, like, build the network. Right. Who are the people that you can go talk to and find help from and. And it goes across the entire spectrum, like for people that are just joining the organization to people that have been here for a while. It's like even the people that have been here for a while, how do you find the newer people that are coming in and they're like thinking differently and they have great ideas, but you still have to, I mean, you have to connect with them. So it's a very, very much a soft skill to have to be able to go out and to, to make those connections. Yeah. 
Make them, keep them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go ahead, Colin. No, I think the um, on that on that same front, I was going to say the the other soft skill I think I find to be incredibly valuable that you need to cultivate is is the ability to, and I think Melissa Melissa, Melissa um, teed this up a little bit earlier, um, which is that you need to be able to manage your own problems. Right. You know, you, you, my job as a manager is to help you resolve your problems. It's not to take all of your problems on myself, because again, yes. <laughs> there are 12 of you and I will die if I take, take on all of you, all 12 of your problems. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My job yeah. isn't chasing windmills. Yes. Yes. My, my, my job is to give you advice for you to deal with your problems. And like, you know, and every now and then I need to come and weigh in on something, right. And, and be the backup or something. But my job is, it's again, so it's, you know, for someone who knows how to, to, to solve their own problems, who knows how to, to you know, figure figure those things out, and and, and ask for advice. Ask for advice, and, and and you know, that's the key thing is ask for advice or problem. Don't ask for a solution to the problem because, to be honest, I may not, have, you know, yeah, there may be some things I have a quick solution for because I've seen it and been there, but not everything I have a solution for, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think yeah. And take the advice, or at least or at least show you listened to the advice. You don't always have to take the advice, but at least take take some time to show that you listened to the advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh goodness. Here, here comes Scott. <laughs> I agree. So Melissa, you're absolutely right. An amazing perspective. <laughs> okay, Scott, you don't have to play. First of all, it was Colin who had the amazing, yes, the amazing yes, perspective. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I was, it was talking about. It was talking about when you have a problem, Scott, that you should ask for advice, not ask for someone to solve the problem. Correct. Yes. And, yeah, and, yeah. and then and then and then and then we said take the advice. <laughs> Melissa, at least pretend you listen to the advice. I'm like, no, if you, if you better fucking take my advice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's, or at least um, partially, yeah. or try to take it. Yeah. So I will, t- I I will tell you this. So I I received an email from high up, and it was like spread out to like various like people within the organization. But like, hey, we need to answer this. Can you fill in this? Can you do this? Can you do this? So there's like five people included in the email, all you know, senior people, and going up there, and I was CC'd for whatever reason. I was going to say, so, how you were included. So, exactly. But you know what? I was the most important person on the email because you know what I did? I sent back. I said, hey, send me your responses. I will take all five of those responses. I will put it into a single email, and I will send it to you, and then you will be able to take that, and you will be able to send that out, and you don't have to piece all of those things together. I will edit it. I will make it look like it's a consistent, clear email. And, oh, my God, it was like a freaking home run. Home nice. run, but uh, yeah, yeah. So the point being, I don't remember what the point was, but the point being soft skills. Knowing when you need to step in, and even though no one asked you to do something, to realize that, okay, here's something that's coming in. Nobody's going to pull this stuff together. So somebody has to pull it together, begin to make it presentable, and have to, you know, make it one piece of content so then when it gets shared out, it doesn't look like five people randomly came in with different answers. And there's a lot of value associated with that. It's actually, I would say, the answers. I saw the answers. The answers were okay, but like the ability to pull all together into like one. So it was like a one plus one plus one, but pulling it all together in one place. 
lot of value in that. Yeah, yeah. So, so kind of going going past that and and talking more about writing your own reviews. How how do how do you prepare for that? What are some tools and trips? tips and tricks that um you do to get in the mood to write yourself review is there anything you do to hype yourself up i, I absolutely so uh, i i don't hype myself up but what i will do this is a long process like people will go in and be like okay i have to submit this and they'll write up and they'll hit send and it'll be gone what i do is i dump it into a word doc because i'm going to print it when i'm done mm-hmm. and i will here here's my stream of consciousness and it'll be like way too long and there'll be like way too much stuff to it. But like, okay, I feel, all right, here's what I did. I'll hit save. And then I'll wait however long, day, two, whatever it is. And then I'll open it back up again. I'll be like, okay, so here's this. Here's the list. What are the things that I want people to really know? Here's what I was involved with and here's what I think we should be doing. And so I'll pare it down and I'll pare it down and I'll pare it down. And it's it's very much a funnel, right? And I think that's... But 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 the problem that I see people running into is they get this alert like, hey, you owe a review and it needs to be done here. And they'll sit there and they'll write it and they'll hit the button. And it's like, you need to reread. I, I had I just had a deck today that I've been working on for probably six months and it was being sent out to everybody. And it was like, so, OK, good to go. Everything is. And then I was like, wait a minute, before I give them the what I would quote the final, final version of it. Let me take another pass. And I went through that deck and I found like 10 things that was like, oh my God, that's wrong. I don't like the way that looks. It was like, this was like final content. So again, it's that it's that final mile that is so hard to do and to kind of scrub everything. But it's so important because that's what, that's what makes, you know, a, something that's good to something that's great is to be able to go ahead and do that. Yeah, I sort of agree with you, Scott. First of all, I always write it in a, a word processing tool. You know, yes, Word, and print. Google Docs, etc. Print, print. <laughs> I'm telling you, print. Okay, let Colin talk. Okay, I don't think you're gonna get me to print, Scott. I'm not gonna keep it around. Um, but um, right, because you, you know, it's a tool you're familiar with. You know how to manipulate it. You're not stuck in the system. It, it's gonna be more natural for you, and it's gonna be your more natural style. So I always write everything in 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 Word because I can just do it on my laptop and, and fire it up, and then I copy and paste in, and then and manage from there. Um, also, you know, you get your spell checking, everything else, which is maybe hit or miss in in whatever web app you're using. Um, but I also do it in two phases. I write a set of notes out. Mm-hmm. For each, you know, for myself, and then, you know, I, and also write notes for each person. Like I said, I don't write a full review for each person, mostly, but I, I write some notes, things that I want to make sure I do for each, for each person, or I, I mention, and then I go back to my self appraisal once I've written the full notes and let it sit for a bit, and then go and flush those notes out, and it's that set process of coming back to it with a slightly fresh set of eyes, saying, oh, what the hell did I mean here? What was I thinking? Or you know, oh, I really forgot this thing. So it's I was it's the two pass thing. I never get it fully written the first time, and then like Scott, you seem to write it down, edit it down. I sort of yeah. get it to a, a set of a set of key key bullet points and sentences, and then sort of package those into, into a final product on the second pass. I, I think that's the key point: is to not like have to be like, okay, this is due. I'm going to write. I'm going to hit send. You have to like let it kind of like soak for a little bit, and you have to let, like review it. Hmm. But I also I also like when I'm writing myself appraisal, I. You know, I, I do two things. One, I go by memory. Two, I go, so, hey, here, what are the things I think I thought I did? Uh, and then if I have a goal system, which I haven't had recently in the last couple of 
jobs, strange reason. Um, I'll go back and look at the goals and say, what did I say I was going to do, right? Um, and compare that. Um, and then lastly, I go through my calendar. I flip through my calendar, particularly earlier in the year, and say, what were the meetings I was having in, you know, a year ago today or nine months ago, et cetera, just to make sure I'm looking for, you know, I scan through it on a month basis and flip through and say, what were the meetings I was having? Okay, is there something that I should be capturing here that was important from a project or, or an execution point of view? Um, you know, what went, what went on? And that may stimulate, oh, we had this event and I did all these things for this event. Or, I, you know, we had the, you know, we, we had the Gardner Magic Quadrant. I forgot, we forgot about that, but I had, you know, we did a bunch of shit around that related to it. So I use that to help stimulate some of those, those key activity things as well. Just go back to my calendar. That's cool. Melissa, you? Oh, goodness. Um, getting ready for reviews, I, I do the thing with the calendar and I look back over the year and, and kind of mark out my milestones. I think about the things that, well, a lot of my review now is writing about what the team did and how I helped them. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm doing fewer and fewer initiatives and I'm, and I'm building that mental bridge for myself to say it's okay that I'm not the person doing all the work anymore. Yeah. And it's, it well, drives me crazy every time. So I gotta, I gotta hype myself up for it. Well, and so, that's, and that's when, when I've managed managers and the difference between a, a, a good manager and a competent manager um, really shows when they write the reviews. Because to your point, Melissa, and I got super excited when you said that good managers write about what they did with their team, right? Yeah. Bad managers write about what they did. Yeah. Because right? your job as a manager is to build, motivate, you know, you know, fire people, you know, develop and, and prune that team in the right direction. And so that's what you, that's what you're hired to do. And so you need to say, so that's what's going to be reflected in your self-appraisal. You're not an individual contributor anymore. You don't write about your key accomplishments, you know, maybe one or two, if there's something you took on, but you're right. Mostly, a huge portion of, of your self-appraisal should be about what you did with the team. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's hard because I feel like when I'm writing it, I feel like I'm taking credit for, you know, for, for their individual work, even though, you know, I helped them through it. Yes. <laughs> I gave them direction and, and drove the strategy and did all the things I was supposed to do, but it's, it's hard for me to kind of mentally wrap my hand, head around, okay, I'm going to talk about this in a way that highlights their accomplishment through my enablement. So for that, I kind of have to hype myself up. So, um, I listen to music, <laughs> specifically um, Missy Elliott's "Joy" on repeat a lot. So really, <laughs> so yes, that song for whatever reason I'm like, yeah, let's go, and and I I crank it out and I get it out there and then and then I'm good and then I read it and I'm like, the the highlight reel is always good listening to that song, but what is equally terrible is the what could have gone better. <laughs> So my what could have gone better? I beat the the bejesus out of myself for what could have gone better every time. I don't I don't I don't know if I have a song that I listen to when I write reviews, but when I need that pick me up and I need to feel confident about myself, um, there's a, a woman called Heather Small. Um, she was in a group called the M People back in the '90s. I don't know if you ever heard the M People. They sort of had a funky, poppy vibe, um, but she has a song called Proud. And like one of the lines is, "What have you done today to make yourself proud?" So it's just sort of a that's my okay. that's my sort of mo motivational song. But I don't do that with reviews. Maybe I'll try that. Yeah. That's, but M people cool. too. If you want to, if you want to see some funky music, look up the M people. They're a British group from the '90s, and and you know funky 
stuff. Um, yeah, but for me, for me, it's quiet. I need quiet to write. I need quite the opposite. I need to focus. I need to. Uh, it depends. Like if I'm writing something creative or slides, I'll I'll crank the music up and that gets me going. But for reviews, when I need to think and focus, I don't want the distractions. Yeah, when I'm writing other people's reviews, absolutely, there is no music. And if there is, it's like ridiculous, like background noise, like happy. Yeah. <laughs> it's not something that I that I'm paying attention to. It's just something that that uh, that that sounds happy, you know. <laughs> yeah. And Scott, what do you listen to to motivate to write reviews? For the most part, I would I would agree with the kind of like having kind of quiet and silence around that, but because you you have to focus in on that and just kind of like think about what it is. So it's interesting because like the stuff that I play and the stuff that I listen to is like so like I it's just like from like album like eighties rock to like new stuff. It's all over the place, but um, I don't know. Don't I? Don't, I don't. <laughs> it's okay if you don't have music. Do Do you do anything to hype yourself up, though? Is it Is it like going for a run? Is it? I sometimes go for a run before writing my review too, just to just to kind of help cement it. You know, you take the the notes and then you go for a run and you're thinking through what you're gonna say and like it. It definitely helps for me, but. But there are things like that where it's, what, what do you do to prepare? I, I, w I, w I would say that, like, when I have to write a review, I want to make sure that I focus on not just the positive stuff. Hey, good person, smart, hardworking, all of that stuff meets minimum requirements. And I get that. And that's what we want, right? You, you want somebody that, like, is that. You don't want the problem of, like, oh, my God, you can't do this, you didn't do this, whatever it was. And I, I, I honestly, I've no experience and nobody being able to do that. What I focus in on is the superpower pieces. Like, okay, here's what you're really good at. And here's what you should like focus in on because this is your talent. And it's gone a long way. I, I, I've labeled both you guys with your super talents. I have, and we've discussed them, but won't do it tonight because I don't remember what they were, but <laughs> I was gonna say. So, what what about when you're giving feedback on somebody else, like um, like somebody who you think is amazing? How do you how do you approach that? I so I would come back. I again, it's like this is what you're really good at, and this is what like you should focus it on, and this is like again something that is is, is easy for you to do. And you should make it better because you're already good at it. So go from a, you know, an A plus to an A plus plus, and not be discouraged by the things that you don't like to do. Because okay, there's a whole lot of like, no one wants to sit there and like have to approve RPQs all day long. I get that. Oh, I hate it. Right. That. So not even approve, like assign RPQs. Yeah. It's like yes, that's a shit job, and. No one wants to do it, but you know what? You are going to learn so much by having to go in and like figure that stuff out, and just, like what it means and why they're asking. So it's a good process, but definitely not what you want to do. But you know what? That's what you have to do. You have to kind of like suffer through that because it will make you better on the other side. Well, writing them is no fun either. But yes, <laughs> having been on on the other end of that, <laughs> writing them is no fun either. But um, so what about you, Colin? What what do you what do you do for your rock stars? 
Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty WYSIWYG, right? You know, what you see is what you get with me. Uh, you know, I, I generally tell my rock stars they're rock stars. You know, I, I'm, um, you know, <laughs> I, I realize I've used the word kick-ass a, a while. Um, you know, and I'll try and do, I mean, I always try to do nice things. I always try to make sure I use whatever the corporate, you know, you know, reward system is a lot and do things like that. Um, and I'll do, I'll do things like I'll tell people to take, take, you know, take a day off. Like, you know, it's hard now that we have unlimited vacation, but just telling people that, you know, they have permission not to work means a lot. Hey, you know, you did a great job in this. Take a couple of days off next week or the next, or the next month, you know, find some time to recoup and re-energize. Um, you know, I like to think I give, you know, pretty regular feedback. I think, you know, I, for me, it's, it's less of, I have, I think I, I, I work really well with high performing people. I know how to manage them well. I think where I can improve um, is on managing people who don't perform as well, uh, or who don't want to perform as well, and sort of how to fi fix them. I think, um, you know, I can, I, um, I've gotten better, but I, in the past, I've been very, you know, sort of direct and like, you know, no, you got to do this, we got to change. And, you know, sometimes that works and sometimes, you know, you get a reaction where people just, you know, withdraw, pull back or stall and it doesn't necessarily work completely. So, um, so I think it's been a bit, a bit of a challenge. Um, so I think I need, I need to work on how I, how I sort of motivate and inspire people who don't want to be motivated and inspired. Um, Cause you know, at some point you're going to get those, you know, very rarely do you get to build an entire team from scratch. And um, once in my life I did, and it was fantastic. Um, but, <laughs> and even then, and even then you, um, you know, even then you occasionally you pick a bad apple. You mean, you know, if you hire, yeah. if you're hiring 12 people, you know, and you get 11 good ones, you know, that's, that's a pretty good success record. Yeah. 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 I actually um, recently kind of turned something down where, where I was coming in and they're like, you get to build the team, but we hired the first three and that's, that's the team for the year. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like if, if you're going to hire me, you're going to trust me to pick at least one or two of those people. <laughs> so, so you don't, you don't hire your leader last. <laughs> Um, but kind of going back to that, like for rock stars, one of the things that I did this week is I gave somebody advice cause they're like, I don't know what to say about this person. They're amazing. And I'm like, well, people who are amazing tend to hear they're amazing a lot, but they also want to be better. <laughs> so if you can't think of a way to make them better, think of an opportunity you'd like to see them have and say that, you know, <laughs> give them something to work toward right? Where it's like, I haven't seen them do this. It'd be really cool if they did this, you know, think of something, <laughs> but don't just say they're amazing. Give them something to aspire to. Right. So, um, that was kind of that, that, that Melissa, that is an amazing statement. What you just said, it really is. It's like, yes, remember, <laughs> cause I, honestly, I never thought of it like that way, but it's good. Scott, who's, who's been hearing he's amazing for like at least the last 20 years. <laughs> no. Yeah, I think, and I think, um, I think, yeah, I think it's right. I think I do some of that a little intrinsically, but I think putting that down and making sure you do is, you know, is is a really nice idea. I'm definitely going to pick that up. Um, Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, Thank you. it was the Uber Eats guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, you, Scott. You have a mute button, Scott. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. It exists. We learned that today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's mad now. <laughs> no, I'm not mad. He's just hungry. He's angry. <laughs> no, he's angry. So, so what else? What What about the people who who are newer and starting out their career? How do you balance like 
you've got a long way to go with <laughs> with um, giving them a review that's also going to make them feel good but, and inspire and motivate but them. He, but here's a couple of things. You, you have to evaluate people for the role they're in, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I remember having this conversation um, um, about someone who is a very young, in my mind, superstar. And someone's like, well, she doesn't know all this stuff, you know, you know, technical stuff. It's like, she's been at the company a year and a half. You know, she was an intern for the first six months of that. And she, you know, and for what she's doing for having, you know, being a year out of school is, you know, that, that her contribution for her, for her experience and, and, and is fucking above and beyond some of you people who've been doing this for 10, 15 years, right? And so you, you always have to balance it out um, according to, according to, you know, what the what the level is, what the role is and how they're executing, right? And because again, not all roles are, are the same either. And that's the other thing is, is that, you know, took me a bit to learn is that you need you need you need an army you know you need a platoon you need no first so i'm first sorry, so, I'm so, time out i'm so sorry you need an army but you know what you need you need uh, a coalition of the willing because you don't you don't want like just people showing up you need uh, a coalition yeah. of the willing yeah agreed agreed that's what you need all right, yeah. in the in the U.S., they are they're all volunteers, but okay, but yeah, but no, I, I get that. I agree. No, they, they buy like, in. You hit they so you have they have to buy in to what yes. you're doing because I, like I you have people, you don't want people that's just going to show up. You want people that like are buying in no. to what you're trying to do. Agreed, totally agree with that. But the point I was trying to make is that you need to, you know, you need to have your first lieutenants. You need to have your gunnery sergeants. You need to have oh, your grunts. You need to yes. have your grunts, right? There's a reason armies are structured like that is because it's a time. And so, you know, someone, someone who is a grunt can be doing a fantastic job because their job is to be a grunt, right? Their job is to go take that hill and not die, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so to speak. And, and they take the hill, right? Their job isn't to build a strategy for should you take that hill or should you not? And so you need to evaluate people based on, you know, what that role is and can they do it? And, and some people, you know, I, some people will grow. They'll grow from that grunt to the, you know, to the, to the gunnery sergeant, to the first lieutenant, to the general, et cetera. And some people will not. And you can't force everybody to do so. And sometimes people, you know, need to sit. If, if they're comfortable there and they're executing well and they're doing that role well, leave them. And, you know, and, and find other ways, to your point, Melissa, to encourage them to do some, some things to the left, to the right, you know, grow, grow horizontally versus, you know, vertically. But, you know, to, so they can expand, you know, give them new, give them new projects to do that are different, leveraging the same set of skills versus building a new set of skills. But because they're just, you know, they're people, so not everybody, but some people tap out and they can be well suited for role and well suited isn't a bad thing. And that's, you know, particularly for, you know, if you come or you used to dealing with high performers, you know, sometimes you can feel well suited is sort of not good enough, but it is. And you need people to do that because the last thing, you know, you want is everybody to be, you know, super you know, it's very hard to manage uh, a bunch of, you know, take charge rock stars who all want to pull in different directions. Yes. Yes. Amen, Colin. And if you're on my team and listening, plug your ears because high performers are also high maintenance, like <laughs> very high maintenance. And I was one and, and I am sorry to all my former managers <laughs> for how high maintenance I was, but, <laughs> but most high performers are also very high maintenance. So, so having that person who just is, pure play good at what they do can sometimes be a huge relief too. 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, no, and they, and they, and they make the team go because they, yes. they just yes. get the shit done. It goes. Yeah. And, and, and I would say, you know, I would say, you know, I never, I would never want to manage myself like the last thing <laughs> or and it, even more than one me. Like, do you want to hire someone like you? Hell no. I, I, I no, want to no, no. be let on 10 of me. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. I want people different from me. I want people who are going to challenge me a little bit. I want people who are going to operate things differently because, because that's the way we're going to win. Is is being is is having different perspectives and figuring out which one's going to win, right? <laughs> yeah. Scott, any final thoughts? We're getting down to the to the wire here. Um. So uh, many final thoughts, but like I think the important thing is like you you guys are right. It comes down to like the individual, and you know, there's a lot of process in place. You just have to like get beyond the process and find the smart people that want to do the smart things. And it's like, it doesn't matter where they are in the organization, but it's, how do you pick that out? Right. Some of it's just got, <laughs> some of it's yeah. just got like, it is, you see someone and, and you take a chance on them and, and you say, okay, I think this person's going to be amazing at this go. And you know, you see if they fall on their face or if they rise and the ones that rise, it's super rewarding. Gosh, <laughs> but even, again, even falling is not bad. It's if they, if no. they can pick themselves up and move on, that's a key thing too. Yeah, yeah. Learn, learning is is important, and creating a space where where mm -hmm. it's okay to learn is important. Yeah. If you fall, that's when you learn. Like I don't. Yeah. How, how many times have you actually learned from your success? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that worked once. Great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Next. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Until the situation is just slightly different, then you're screwed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. cool. So who who has the next episode? I think it's Colin. Colin, I have the next, the next episode. episode. I have the next episode. Yes, I have the next episode. And I'm excited Montreux. about this wine. Yes. Yeah, so yes, I, I had a little preview just before we we, we started recording because I want to make sure that people would do this wine. So the wine topic for next week is fruit wine. So wine made from other fruits other than grapes. So. You know, you know, we're going to drink some cherry wine next time, right? <laughs> Don't make me sing that song, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, but yeah, so whatever you want, other types of fruit wine, apples, other berries, um, you know, um, you know, it can be some, some blends as well. But look for, let's, let's do something that's all different. Let's do something that's not grape based um, and, and see and see we can compare it to, you know, what's different about it and et cetera. And then for technology, and I normally try and pair the two and I failed this time because I had two great ideas and I couldn't find up any creative way over the last two days to, to come together with them, um, which is I want to do interesting uses of wireless technology. So not just the technology itself, but sort of what 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 has been enabled and what what are you seeing that's cool? What are you seeing that's failed with wireless technology? I love it. I've already got yeah. a bunch of stuff. I'm excited. Yeah, because I th I think for at least for me, in the last you know four or five years, I think that's been an area where it's just proliferated. Like you know things you know everything from. You know, you know the, the the magnetic charging, right? We can talk about that, you know. But there's plenty of plenty of other really really good use cases and, and interesting applications of wireless technology that are really taking off. Um, and I was sort of thinking about this because I was thinking about remember we were trying to find a port, right? Well, in a lot of cases you don't need a port anymore now. You can do some really cool cool interesting things, um, you know. But it, even beyond with location data, etc., um, it's really interesting that you can do with sort of you know um, without having having to connect to anything or be connected to anything physically. Cool. Absolutely. Okay. Cool. I'm in. I'm totally awesome. In. 
Cool. So go look for that fruit wine. I, I had to track some down. And you can't find it on wine.com, so you got to find something else. I think there will probably be at least one local wine store around here that has some, especially with all the apples we have. I'm sure there's some apple wine or something. I'm not 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 sure that's the route I want to go, but we'll see. <laughs> so um, thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, <laughs>